coming to you from Castle Rock, Colorado. This is the DCF Podcast with Joshua Hammerling and Josh Barton. This is the DCF Podcast, and I'm your host today, Joe Oltman. And I'm joined today by my colleague and co-host, Lamont Bryant. And uh, Josh normally does this podcast, Josh and Josh usually does this podcast, but Josh does not have a voice today. And, um, you know, we're, we're going to start this off by uh, telling you this is a very special podcast. And so I'm going to tell you a little about who I am, but the, the, the topic today is minorities and guns. So we're, it, that's kind of a, a big sandwich for a uh, gun store and range um, to take up. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about me. So again, my name is Joe Oltman. Um, I am uh, the CEO of the company that owns DCF guns. And, um, and by, by default, um, you know, the, the DCF falls underneath my, um, my purview. So um, I've been, uh, I don't even know where to, where to start on this. I guess I could say that uh, we own multiple companies, um, uh, one of which is a tech company. Uh, DCF Guns, uh, we uh, entered into um, and purchased DCF about two and a half years ago. And when we, when we did that, we, we did so because we were trying to challenge what we did on the uh, marketing um, and agency side on, on how we could put messages in marketplace to reach people who um, had a passion for the Second Amendment or just wanted to own a gun or, or shoot. So we do a lot of stuff there as well. Um, you know, we've, uh, on the tech side, we're, we're one of the largest, uh, first party data aggregators in the nation. Uh, we, we collect data and we use that data in, in good ways to, um, help businesses, you know, small businesses, medium businesses, even large businesses reach consumers, um, where they want to be reached with the message that they're, they're looking for in the marketplace. So, um, that's one of our companies. We've got other stuff like auto repair shops and event venues and, things like that. But we'll get back to um, the Second Amendment is actually a passion of mine. And so this was kind of a, a good fit for, for us when we um, made the, made the uh, acquisition. So that's a little bit about me. Um, I have a pretty good history. Um, uh, pretty good history. I wouldn't say good. Would you say good? It's not good. I, I have a half and half. I, I have a pretty interesting past. Um, all good stuff, but I've done lots of different things from working in the Middle East to and Africa to um, doing negotiating some pretty cool places and, and doing some really neat things um, that help save lives. So, um, yeah, so that's that's about me. And Lamont actually works inside the company with us and uh, is an IT genius. Um, so we, uh, you know, one of the reasons why he's on this is uh, actually not the reason is that we've had multiple discussions, haven't we? We've had discussions about correct um, race and 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 guns and um, I uh, from from my background I was uh, my my dad is black my mom is white my whole family's interracial um, Lamont I'll let you tell them about you uh, I'm a young black male from Georgia so uh, from the south definitely from the south and he's not he's he is not an Atlantic Falcons fan. No, right. until they let go of Matt Ryan, I just don't see <laughs> so that. You, yet. Then you might go back to you might yeah, go back exactly. to Falcons when they got rid of Vic. I, that's when I left too. Oh, I love Vic. Exactly. Ooh, this could get awkward. All right, listen, don't hold it against me because I like Vic. Vic served his time, right? I'm a dog lover. I own four dogs, um, or they own me. You know, they wake me up in the morning. But yeah, I'm a big fan of Michael Vic, especially what he's been able to do. Right. I, I mean, you gotta you gotta let go after some time. He he put in his time. He served. Everything did Ellie. Keep talking. Oh my bad. Jo- Josh, by the way, is uh, you know kind of piping in a little bit with his half voice. He sounds, yeah, I heard a voice. He sounds like Chris Rock. You know, just a little bit of squeak squeak. Yeah, he's a little <laughs> off today, but it's oh. okay. But no, um, I think people who do their their time should at least you know be forgiven in the eye um, of everybody, and you know we shouldn't hold grudges. You know that's how we we grow. So. With the Mike Vick thing, you know, I think it, it's time to forgive him. But well, I think that actually what he's done, I mean, what he's actually been able to accomplish, um, you know, to – he grew up in that environment. So I grew up in the Washington, D.C. area. So I'm going to tell you right now 
that dog fighting was a big thing, right? It was a big thing. And you didn't know better. I mean, when I grew up, I used to, I went to dog fights. I'd watch dog fights. I mean, it was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. But I didn't know when I was growing up that it was terrible. I thought that's what they were, that's what they did. Mm-hmm. And you would say, come on, Joe. And I would go, well, you didn't you walk, walk a mile in my shoes, right? We say that, walk a mile in my shoes. Because people say, there's a lot of things that people say. One of the things they say is, you know, racism. Eh, I'm not racist. Nobody else is racist. Come on, there's no racist. We already know that there's racists, right? Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, this is not what this podcast is about. This podcast is about minorities and guns. And I want to st- start it out by saying this. Um, and fight me, right? Because you're not, you might like it. You might, oh, no. you might agree with me. You might not agree with me. No, right? I'm, I'm here. <clears throat> so I believe that, you know, a large number of minorities don't own guns because they've been one scared away from owning a gun, right? Um, convinced that they should not have them. They're too dangerous for them to own. They're not responsible enough to own those guns. Um, and then from a stereotypical standpoint, all the stereotypes show young black males, right, or Hispanic males, or, uh, you know, you don't, I mean, I've seen some Jackie Chan movies, but you don't see many Chinese guys running around. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in reality, it's it's young Hispanics, young Hispanic males, mm-hmm. and young black males. Yeah. And any of the stereotypes or anything that you hear about them is, you know, they're sagging pants, they have a gun in their west waistband, and they're out just inadvertently shooting mostly other young black or young Hispanic males, right? Right. You you don't see a whole lot or hear a whole lot of stories about young black males or young or, or minorities at all um, in responsible gun ownership. You don't hear about it. No. So, so it's almost as if they're, they've, they've, they've indoctrinated, they've reprogrammed minorities to say, hey, first of all, you don't want to carry a gun because the police are going to shoot you if you do. And yep. that, that has no, happened. That's one. No, right? that's a major one. Um, and the other of which is, is that you, you don't need a gun, right? You don't need a gun that Lamont, you do not need a gun. You don't need a gun. So if someone comes into your house, I'm I'm trying to reprogram you right now. Uh Right. Cause Lamont, do you own a gun? I do have a gun. Do you have multiple guns? I have multiple guns. Yeah. And you have your concealed carry. I do. Right. So in, we, we look at statistically what we see that comes through DCF is, um, white people, mm-hmm. right? White men and women that come through to get their CCW. And um, we don't see many minorities. So what? tell me tell me from your perspective what what you see in in the um, in the community, right? Why? Why? I mean, I know you and I have talked about guns, mm-hmm. right? Um, and you have your CCW, but tell us why. Tell us why this isn't something you see or what you see in the community. Right, right. Uh, I mean, what I see is a lot of, uh, you know, some black kids make mistakes at young ages, so they get hit with a, a felony. So, you know, that by default eliminates them from being able to apply for a CCW. Or it's easier to, oh, my friend has a gun, it's 100 bucks, And then, oh, they get caught with that, boom. You're, you're automatically eliminated from that. Um, there's, another, there's another one where it's just like, by default, the cops fear you, so they draw a gun on you. So why give an additional reason to have a gun on you? Um, and then, oh, he has a gun, I'm gonna shoot. You have so many videos of, you know, that he had a carry conceal license and this guy got, he legally had a gun and it was it was his, he purchased it, you know, in the rights. And um, he was killed for just having it in, on his person. Um, that right there, those videos instill fear in a lot of people. So it's just like, I don't want to be the next guy. You know, I don't want to be a reason. To That's have a real it. thing. Yeah, exactly. Fear. Yeah. Um, it doesn't matter how you, how you talk. It doesn't matter how you dress. It doesn't matter what car you're driving. Matter of fact, you drive a, I mean, you, you, I mean, you, you drive a very nice car mm-hmm. and you know, you, what, ha- what, how do you feel when a police officer pulls up behind you? Um, so I'm from the South, and you get pulled over at least two, three times a week. You know, it's just, it's a common Come on, that's, down there. A, that's a lot. No. Yes, it is. It's a There's lot. a lot of people and, down there. And two to three times a week. Come on. Two now. to three times a week. Yeah, you can you ask might any person. Yeah, it means you're in the wrong place. Um, you could be anywhere. They're just, that's just <laughs> what they do. If you ever, you, it, Cobb County, man, 
they have a saying for it. It's called count on being busted, but I'm just going to just throw it. That's the acronym we had. But at the same time, um, you get used to communicating with them. So it's just like you have your hostile ones. You don't react with a hostile conversation because it's just going to blow up. And obviously they have the law on their side. So you communicate them as an communicate with them as an intelligent individual. Um, when you come across, there's there's a lot of good cops out there. Mm-hmm. So you communicate with them as they they communicate with you as you communicate with them. It's it's simple. Um, I think people get it twisted because when the hostile ones come along and those are those bad ones, you know maybe they had a bad day. You know, they're just attitude is attitude, and it's not always going to end well. So I know how it is, and people need to understand when you get pulled over, you got to know your rights. And that's for every American. Know your rights. You yeah, can, but, but knowing your rights is, is one thing. Live to see another day is a, a thing that, that is, I have, that right? is as so, well. So when that hostile guy walks up, just communicate with him. Don't, you don't have to be like, I'm smarter than you, you know? Mm-hmm. So don't 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 try to be a whiz to the the guy who's already pissed off because his his wife texts him a whole bunch of angry messages. <laughs> you know, just just be the one to de-escalate a situation because then you'll see tomorrow. You know. Well, let, let's let's come back to let's come back to the community part and the fact that that there's just a bunch of strikes against you. Mhm. So <clears throat> I believe that most police officers are good, mm-hmm. right? And um, we do a lot in the law enforcement world um, or law enforcement environment. Um, Josh is Josh himself um, works as a um, on the uh, reserve unit for um, Colorado, Colorado State Patrol, I believe. I thought bombing was for dogs. Yeah, so he has he, his dog is actually trained as a bomb disposal mm-hmm. dog. But so and and having you know you never want to start off by saying. I, I have a black friend, right? <laughs> and you don't want to start off by saying I have a, a police officer as a friend either. But, you know, we, we have police officers that are friends and we do lots of work in the in the police environment. We, and we sometimes we disagree. So mm-hmm. I grew up in Washington, D.C. You grew up in the South. Sometimes I have conversations with them and I go, hey, you know, it'd be really easy if you had bad police officers that treated people poorly mm-hmm. and you just eliminated them from your police force. And they go, well, it's not that easy. We got unions. We got a bunch of other stuff. But... You know, in coming back to the community, you know, I almost feel, and I, I told you I wouldn't get into politics, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay right on the the edge it wouldn't of be politics. Joking, didn't. Yeah, so <laughs> I I think that there is there is an there's an indoctrination for a specific political party. We won't talk about what that political party is mm-hmm. to um, separate out. Or justify why the rights, the Second Amendment rights that you should have, should not be supported. That mm-hmm. somewhere along the line, uh, that uh, guns are dangerous, they kill people, right? And so we're going to limit or eliminate the rights or restrict the rights of law-abiding citizens to own guns. Mm-hmm. And then they target minorities, right? So they talk about being for minority rights. They talk about those things. But I just, I'm, I'm, Lamont, I'm having trouble. I'm having trouble correlating taking guns away from people who aren't breaking the law or creating laws that restrict their access. Mm-hmm. But, and, and, and then at the same time, while they're doing that, right, while, while they're restricting your, your, your rights, putting those laws out there and saying, hey, if you break this law, you're going to go to jail, right? Mm-hmm. You were going to go to jail anyway, right? If you did something, if you broke the law, you're going to jail anyway, right? Mm-hmm. Now you, now we're you're going to go to jail for, you're going to go to jail twice. Mm-hmm. No, you're going to go to jail for the first time you broke the law. So right. these laws restrict in a way. Your, they're they're designed to restrict your Second Amendment right, but then there's this propaganda that I see that I think is wholly dangerous, right? Mm-hmm. So, and, and just follow me with this, and I want you to tell me if you, if, if this coral, if you see, if you understand what I'm saying, if this, mm-hmm. if this resonates with you, the media reports that minorities are committing crimes, right? Killing each other's at, at an amazing rate, right? Yeah. The, the, the movie sets 
foot, every black male, or not every, but a large majority of it, they say you have to hear something five, six, seven, eight, nine times before you uh, before it comes ingrained in you. But they, they do movies, and most black males are considered gangbangers. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So <clears throat> the media says it. The movies say it. We um, that we have political platform that literally says, "Hey, look, I want to I want to take away. I, I don't think you should own a gun. I don't think you are smart enough to own a gun." Right. right? Then I'm going to have the media put out that the police are killing innocent minorities, mm-hmm. right, in cars that have a CCW. Right. Mm-hmm. They're gunning them down. Mm-hmm. Right. And on top of all of this, right? Mm-hmm. You're we're we're gonna we're gonna make you safer if we just eliminate the Second Amendment. But who they're really talking to is you, a black male. Mm-hmm. They're saying we're gonna make you safer. See all this stuff. We're gonna right. we're gonna we're gonna make you sa- safer. But all this stuff is is really what you're about. So. If they're telling this story in the media, right, and they're telling you they're going to keep you safer, and that you don't need to own a gun, mm-hmm. what are they? Re- what are they really doing? I mean, how do you, how do you feel like they're? How do you feel like that benefits? It doesn't. It didn't actually frustrates me. And, it, and you know, I think about people every day. It's. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't get the fear of having a black man with a gun. Is a difference from a white man with a gun. You know what I'm saying? It's they just both like carry a, a gun. They both carry a gun. A cop carries a gun the same way any civilian should carry a gun. If a self defense is self defense, you know what I mean. But we try to separate it. I mean, yeah, even it in some be. of the media you see in social media, right? We try to separate the fact that um, Holmes, you know, the guy that killed people in the theater, oh, he was a white guy, right? Right? Or they say. Um, the the opposite could be true that people who eat people you know what cannibals <laughs> Jeffrey Dahmer right right he's a white guy right now we can come back to some of the minorities that they've come back to and said hey these are stone cold killers right killed right. all these people right the shooter in Washington D.C. the sniper him and his son um, I forget his name um, Josh look that up for me who's the, who's the gentleman in in I don't call him a gentleman. The guy in uh, D.C. that killed people out of a car. The D.C. sniper, yeah. So, um, but, you know, as soon as that came out, John Allen Muhammad. Now, two things happened. One, Muslims were bad. And two, blacks were bad. That happened, right? The amount of, you know, the amount of, of temperature goes up against the minority community. Right. And then we they combat it. Not with logic, not with, hey, let's let's talk really about what happens in the minority community. Which, by the way, an enormous amount of the minority community doesn't break the law. All right, it's in like an unfair judgment. Right. So it's like they held on to the DC sniper. And it's like, oh, black and Muslims are bad. But right. when, like Holmes did that shooting, it's washed under the rug. Right. There's nothing to say about it. Oh, he's just a kid. He's troubled. That's exactly what they said. Exactly. Actually. Matter of exactly. fact, you didn't hear much about it afterwards. After, yeah. Right. They just swept it under the rug, and that's what normally happens, and that's the problem here. We want to forget what, um, if I say it, you know, I, I may brush you the wrong way. We want to forget how the white kid did it, but you know, we're gonna show an example out of this black guy here, or well, this Muslim here. Well, I, th- I think that because stereotypes are real, and they create these stereotypes. Look, it affects how how minorities, how black males mm-hmm. act in society, right? Mm-hmm. They want to stand out. Yeah. They do. They, they don't want to conform because they feel like if they conform, that it puts them at, maybe it puts them at an economic advantage, but it puts them at a disadvantage to, they still have to be subject to the same thing that, that you know, that, that, that the... Uh, that every other minority is subject to, you know, right? Being pulled over maybe more times than they should, right? Being stereotyped or profiled, and 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 those are real things. Real, very real. So I grew up in that in a family, a very mixed fam- family, and I will tell you that it's it's real. Mm-hmm. Like it's a it's a real thing. So how do we fix it? Um, 
if you're trying to, I say, then, class. And, and, and I want to, I want to fix, I want to fix something, but I don't want to necessarily fix the the race relations and those things. Yeah, no. I yeah. want to fix minorities' ability to understand that right. That's right. that fundamental right to own a gun to protect your home, but also. Owning that gun has has just as much to do with protecting against tyranny, yeah, right? yeah. as it does against, you know, somebody breaking into your house to to you know steal your TV. Yeah, See, right. Yeah. So I would say um, my common knowledge was you know you can have a gun in your house um, by a certain caliber and then you know one in your car for protection. But what I didn't know is all the stuff that I learned in that CCW class, which helped me understand. Um, you know, self-defense and, you know, having my weapon on me, how to protect my family at all times, uh, being away from my vehicle or being away from my house, which is a good thing. But the thing is, we as people need to come together and get in this class to learn all of these different laws. So when a situation happens, like, uh, you know, somebody comes into your personal space, that being your house, or somebody's trying to, you know, harm you in any type of way in your car or in public like you know when you know the aurora shooting happened you know uh say you're there and your family was in that situation you're not helpless because you have your protection for you and your family and the people that are around you right uh, you can make a change you can it's make the a great equalizer right exactly right so but but you know the, the other thing that i don't and you probably learned this in the ccw class you know there there are safe I actually think I told Josh this. We should hold a class, and and this might sound weird for for minorities. It talks about just how to handle the situation with the police, mm-hmm. so that it's not adverse, mm-hmm. right? So that you you understand that hey, you might have to submit to a police officer. Ninety five percent, ninety eight percent, ninety nine percent of those police officers are really good people, mm-hmm. right? When you're in that situation, just submit. Right. Mm-hmm. Just, hey, listen, uh, is there a gun in the car? Yes, officer, there's a gun in the car. And go through kind of a modeling of what that looks like. But then give the power back to the minority to make a decision to become educated on guns. Mm-hmm. Right. To, to understand that, hey, look, an armed society is a polite society. Mm-hmm. But the, the, you just talked about, uh, you know, felonies and taking away. Mm-hmm. Of rights, but hey, my my friend has a gun for a hundred dollars. You buy that gun now. You have a gun that may have been stolen, or mm-hmm. you, you shouldn't have. Or you, you couldn't be in possession of. Now you're back in the system. Mm-hmm. You have a felony. Now you can't ever own a gun just over that. But exactly. not understanding those laws, right? Mm-hmm. It's like a trap. Mm-hmm. So I've talked to Josh. I go, maybe we should have a class like that because we have a lot of minorities that come to DCF guns. A lot, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's it, it. It's not. The, I don't think it's a norm, right? Would you say it's a norm? No. So. Excuse me. The, the other side is, wh- why is a CCW important, Lamont? Let's say that you have a gun. You legally own that gun. You have ammo. You legally own that ammo. Mm-hmm. You're heading to the, the shooting range. This mm-hmm. is real, by the way. You're heading to the shooting range, and the gun is in the glove box. You get an, you get an accident, right? Mm-hmm. Little fender bender. So the police officer, you're headed to, the, to an ambulance to the... the, the uh, um, hospital, they're putting proking you with everything. This actually did happen, right? Mm-hmm. They're poking you with all these needles and stuff like that. They did an inventory on your car when they had it towed. They found a weapon in the glove box. The mm-hmm. police officer comes to the to the um, hospital. He says, "Hey, listen, Lamont. His name wasn't Lamont. This didn't happen to you, right? Yeah, right. But um, hey, where were you headed? Bait cool question number one. Where were you headed? And you accidentally say, "Hey, listen, I was going to pick up my I was going to pick up my son." Right, I was on my way to pick up my son. You just end it like that because they're poking you, right? Everything's happening, or maybe you're just, frankly, you're tired because you've been sitting in there. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, a police officer says, well, "Hey, you're under arrest for illegally transporting a weapon. So you can transport that weapon to and from a firearm facility. Maybe you were going to go shoot, right? Mm-hmm. You were transporting that weapon to and from from a um, shooting range." Mm-hmm. But you just said you were going to be your son. So which one is it? And you're like, well, I was going to go get my son. And then, oh, no, 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 See, to and from. You can't stop off and do all your errands and then decide to go to the range. Right now you're changing your story, mm-hmm. right? Charged with a felony for having a gun illegally in the glove box when there was no illegal intent. The gun was purchased legally. Mm-hmm. But you drove through Denver. 
Mm-hmm. If you had the CCW, what would happen? Nothing. Nothing. They, they, they would take it, check it, check the serial number, give it back to you. At 100%. So, so why is it important for minorities or for anyone, but I'm going to say minorities here, to make sure their gun is registered and to have a CCW class? Uh, you learn the things that you need to know in the class. Because you know what you know, and correct. you don't know what you don't know. That's correct. The right? do's and the don'ts. So when when you and and you know, there's there's something that that happens when you get more training, right? The more training you get, how how much better do you feel when you're when you're trained well on the weapon, trained well on how to fire the weapon, and then you understand your rights and your role in society in order to to exercise or use that tool when necessary. I feel 100% better, 100% confident when I walk around with my firearm on me. But you you don't feel like you have to intimidate anyone. No. You don't, nobody can you know you have to have it. Nobody even knows it's on me. Right. So Correct. it but if something were to happen in the in society or somebody tried to do harm to someone around you, what would you do then? I would act on self-defense. Yeah. Right, so let, then, then you have to go to the the other part. So then, there's scare tactics. I I, I truly believe that the minorities are scared and not owning weapons. Mm-hmm. Do you? That's correct. All right, and I don't even think it's police officers that are doing. It. I think it's just a societal impact of a, a group of people that um, that have the ear of the media. Right, they mm-hmm. painted a picture, but equal rights. Correct. In other words, I'm going to tell you, hey, I'm not a racist. I'm going to go make a movie about how black men are gangsters. Yeah. But I'm not a racist. Matter of fact, I can't believe anyone would do that after I made a movie about how young blacks or young Hispanics are are gangbangers. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So does that meld well? We get no. back into politics now. Yeah. No. Does it, it meld well? It doesn't. So they build a story about you, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what they're doing, building a story about you. But on the other side, they're actually they're saying something different. What does that remind you of? It's like a wolf and a sheep. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, I'm not saying I would say it, but I'm kind of saying it. Basically. I'm right? <laughs> just setting you up. All right. So how do you think that, how do you feel about that? Uh, I mean, I mean, I'm 29, so I've seen this. You know, it happens. Um, it's just all about how you, you know, change, rotate that situation, you know. And you, you just kind of like come numb to the situation, but you want to tell everybody that you come in path with how to deal with that and how to not get caught up and sucked into that, you know, that kind of that life, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Cause there's a, there are those people that just go down that rabbit hole when there's those other people that just go around it and just continue life as the average American. But um, when you fall into that statistic, that's your choice. And then now that you're, you, you're just like, Oh, they're looking at us like this. So I might as well be this. Right. You it's a, I mean? it's a, you think so, I'm bad. So I'm going to be bad. Exactly. So do you think that has a lot to do with why maybe there's just an unequal number of um, black males that are in prison? Uh, there's that. I mean, I wouldn't. Say, I would say that forty percent of the black males that are in prison are, you know, should be there. Yeah, forty percent. All right. The other, 60%, you know, that you know that ninety nine percent of statistics are made up on the spot. So I mean, we don't know what that number is, but, right? But it's it's, it's it's a substantial number, yeah, yeah. right? But do you think that there's some sort of the, – the, the education process has kind of given them a disadvantage? Uh, for blacks or whites? Mm-hmm. The education – yes, yes, education, yes. So this is a big – look, we're, yes. we're supposed 100%. to be talking about minorities and guns, and we've kind of squirreled Shifted, off to yeah. the left, squirreled off to the right. We're yeah. having conversations now about political stuff. I've just kind of baited you into it. Yeah, right? I, I saw it coming. It yeah. Cool. <laughs> That's cool. We could touch it. I just – I mean, <laughs> it, it needs to be touched, and, it, you know, people have to hear this. But – at the end of the day, you, you know, at DCF, we want to solve one problem at a time, right? But we don't want to service a symptom. And the symptoms are is that, you know, there are, you know, that, that there's an unequal number of minorities that are scared away from guns and mm-hmm. or don't understand that they have a right to own a gun. So mm-hmm. they think that their right to own a gun is they, they may actually not be a felon. Mm-hmm. Right. That's correct. And they, they may have the ability to walk into a gun store and buy a gun and legally register it. Mm-hmm. But they don't know that. They don't. They don't know that. They, they all the movies say that you could take a gun out of a trunk of a car, right? Yeah. And everyone's telling them they're bad, right? So when you get up to that gun store and you walk into that gun store or range, 
and you go to ask a question, you already feel like they're going to judge you anyway. Mm -hmm. So they don't feel like they have the same right to walk in and own a gun. That's correct. So if you don't have the same right to own a gun, you don't think you have the same right to own a gun, where are you going to go buy a gun? Because you still want to defend yourself. Exactly. Right? Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry, 80% of impoverished communities across the nation are unequally what? Minorities. That is correct. Right? Mm -hmm. So I, I, I look at this as a... I look at this as a societal problem, right? That we have an issue that we have to solve, but I think the it starts with education, right? So we're, we're going to take a quick break and come back. This is going to be a little bit longer segment than the, than the normal DCF segment. I want to dive a little bit deeper into this. I want to have a few more conversations about this. And actually, this is actually something I, I think that there are other people, um, you know, we, we joke about uh, Mike, uh, who works with us being Moroccan, right? <laughs> yeah. My, my, my Moroccan brother, right? <laughs> and, um, you know, so we can talk about this from, from a couple perspectives, one of which, you know, uh, from the minority of being black, but there's other, I mean, you, you would say that we have a pretty diverse group of people that work in the yeah, company. Correct. So I think that probably contributes to the fact that that minorities feel comfortable coming in. So we're going to take a break, and then we're going to come back, and then I got a bunch of questions for you, and and uh, I'm going to dig in a little deeper on on uh, your thoughts on this. Awesome, let's do it. Operator, what's your emergency? There's someone breaking into my house, and he has a gun. Okay, ma'am, we have someone on the way. They should arrive in ten minutes and thirty five seconds. I don't have ten minutes. Oh no! The average response time for a priority call in Denver is nearly 11 minutes, and the police will arrive long after you are injured or killed. Hi, this is Joe at DCF Guns in Castle Rock. No amount of propaganda is going to change reality. By the time the police arrive, you or someone you love will become a victim. We not only have the best service and selection, we have safety and advanced training classes with elite veteran instructors. Be prepared for the unexpected. Don't be a victim. Be well trained and live to see another day. Come to DCF Guns in Castle Rock. Okay, welcome back. Uh, we want to take a little bit of a break um, so I could indoctrinate. Lamont a little bit on what I thought. No, that's not what happened. We just <laughs> talked a little bit about um, the Second Amendment as as a civil right. So um, uh, again, I'm Joe Oltman, and I'm joined by Lamont Bryant. Yeah, and so we, um, and Lamont, it's good to have you in here. I, I actually um, accosted you four or five days ago, brought you in a room, and started just hammering you with questions, right? Yep, correct. And I said, hey, let's have a podcast. Yeah. And well, there was like four other people in the room, yeah. two, two women, right? Yeah, two women, two men, and it was awesome, the faces. <laughs> but but not only that, th they were uncomfortable at the questions that I was asking you. Yeah, that's what I was getting at on the faces. <laughs> <laughs> and and they didn't want to talk about it. I said, hey, let's do a podcast on it. Josh was like this. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. <laughs> uh, that I don't, that's, Joe, why don't you do that podcast? And I was like, yeah. And I was like, Lamont, you want to do that podcast? And you're like, yeah, I'll do that podcast. Mm -hmm. And then we asked everybody else, and what'd they say? <laughs> They're like, oh, <laughs> I don't want to touch that podcast. <laughs> so we were just talking on the break, Josh in his uh, Chris Rock voice, because he's losing his voice a little bit, um, was talking about the last time the Second Amendment was taught in schools as a fundamental civil right, right? Yeah. And the best I can tell if we go back, it was back in the early 60s is when they stopped across the board teaching Americans, regardless of color, but teaching Americans mm -hmm. about the Second Amendment being a civil right. Now, I'm, I'm bringing that up for a couple reasons. One of which is, isn't it ironic that desegregation happens, mm -hmm. right? So now that the school has, you have to get to teaching, right, in these environments, mm -hmm. so desegregation, follow me with this. Desegregation happens. Civil rights movement. Today's MLK's birthday, birthday right? Um, and and what a dynamic. So, do you remember his speech? I have a dream. Mm -hmm. Do you know his speech? Not to a T anymore, but so I do. Oh, we studied it for I, a while. I I, I memorized the whole thing. Yeah. I used to on his birthday in high school walk through the halls, and I would just repeat it, right. Mm -hmm. And people were like, what is this guy doing? Now, we, we were studying it, and they had no idea what I was saying when I was walking through the hallway. Mm -hmm. Right? So it meant something to me for a lot of reasons, one of which is, you know, being from a mixed family, nobody knows that they like you. Right? That's true. I mean, blacks don't accept you because your dad's black. Whites don't accept you because your dad's black. Mm -hmm. So it's it's a you're in a conundrum. Mm -hmm. Right? So it's a... 
but it's never been taught as a civil right or it stopped being taught in the 60s. Somewhere around the same time we had desegregation, mm -hmm. right? So we had to, we empowered minorities, at least optically, right? But then we depowered minorities at the same time by stop teaching them about this fundamental right. Mm -hmm. So if you don't know something's a fundamental right and you get all your information third party, right, or from your environment, then what do you expect to happen to minorities in the in the environment if they don't understand their right to bear arms? Right. That just falls into the education portion. Well, how do you get it if you're not getting it? Obviously, education. You seek it. Those yep. who seek it will learn, right? And those that don't. <laughs> they just stay stagnant. Yeah, well, I mean, but, but again, we have to look at societal's contribution to that, right? Mm-hmm. I mean... What's happened? Do you know about the gun laws in Chicago? I don't know too much about it. They don't have any. You can't own a gun. You can own a shotgun mm. if you're lucky. But you can't own a. You don't have a fundamental Second Amendment right. So before segregation happened, desegregation happened, were you allowed to walk into a white restaurant, sit down? No. Were you allowed to drink out of a white water fountain? No. Were you allowed to go to white school? No. So, but people accepted it, right? They did. So people have accepted this attack on the Second Amendment because they think that guns are fundamentally evil. Do you believe that? No. Not. So if if gun restrictions actually saved anyone, what what's happening and what's what's going on in Chicago? I mean, sixteen hundred people died. Correct. So I don't know if it was 1,600. Maybe it was like 1,200, 1,300. All of California was 1,600 last year. Yeah. Right? Mm hmm So the, the highest gun rates per capita or the um, homicide rates are in places where? There's more poverty. And I think the gun laws are draconian, mm -hmm. right? And they don't teach anything about Second Amendment. Mm -hmm. like I, they used to have classes, Lamont, that taught people archery. Shooting. They had shooting school uh, teams, mm -hmm. right? You could break down a gun. I mean, this is before me. Mm -hmm. This is definitely before you. But, yeah, exactly. But isn't that, I mean, isn't in reality, if we just fundamentally look at it, it, it isn't it kind of a coincidence that it aligns with, you know, this melding of our society? I mean, I, I'm no rocket science, but it feels like it. Right. I think it should come back, but something like that, it, when they're trying to fight to take away guns, it, it's kind of like slow process that they're doing it over the years. So if you put a frog in a pot of water and you turn it up slowly, it won't jump out? Well, it'll jump out. He's getting out of there. Well, only <laughs> if you do it slowly, though, it'll die in there. Oh, it'll yeah, really, slowly. Yeah, you're right. Right. That's kind of what the the slow death of, of the Constitution, we, we, we're seeing it today, I think. So... Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> So, so let's talk about um, what what changed. Like when when you when did you learn that you had a right to own a gun? Uh, I always knew when I was younger that if I wanted to get a gun, then I need to stay on the right path. Um, it was a goal of mine. So once I turned eighteen, I had I purchased a shotgun. Um, but guns are unique, you know. It's a special way to protect your house. I live with my mother, me and my brother. It was me and my oldest brother and my mother. And, uh, you know, um, I've seen things and I've heard of things, in, you know, in the South. So uh, living in this and growing up in this, I always thought, you know, if I'm going to do it the right way, I might as well stay on the correct path. So once I get of age, I can protect my mother. And that's exactly what I ended up doing. So, you know. I'm not going to take a chance, which would be a slim chance, in uh, doing the wrong thing and getting caught and never being able to protect her. You know, anything can happen at the blink of an eye, and you don't. You just need to know how to react in the time. So, uh, would you say that people around you um, had the same understanding of the Second Amendment that you did? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think people. I mean. The conversations that I've had with a lot of people, they don't think politics and they don't think about, you know, the Constitution and stuff like that because they don't think it applies to them. You know, when it comes to, you know, I'm a borrow subject here, black people, it doesn't apply to them, you know. When they, you get on something talking about privileges and stuff like that, 
uh, it's an unfair thing, and people see it, and it's a grateful thing when you have uh, 50% of the white people on your side. You know, there you have uh, you have what they say, which is a closet racist, and you have you know people who are unforward and racist, and you have those people that are just. I love all people. Well, yeah. I, I actually think so. I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of deviate a little bit from that. I think that most white people are not racist, but I also think that most black people are not racist. I think that we apply apply societal norms to the minority. I think the minority is what really dictates you know the the temperature of what people's perception of other people is right mm -hmm. so and what i mean by that is people in positions of power push these these tactics mm -hmm. right i mean it's not my neighbor that pushed the tactics that that you shouldn't own a gun i they, we didn't push that tactic mm -hmm. right it was an aha moment when we started to figure out that 80 90 percent of the people that walk through the door are white to purchase and take a ccw right it was an aha moment when I figured out, you know, in talking to you and other friends that I didn't even know I had that right. I didn't, and if, even if I did have that right, I sure as hell don't want to carry a gun and put myself in a position where I'm going to get shot for lawfully doing what the constitution says I should be able to lawfully do. Right. 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 So I'm going to scare you. I'm going to tell you that they're bad. I'm going to take away your right. I'm going to take away everyone else's right to do it. So who's left holding the guns if as citizens, any of our rights are restricted in any way. Who's who else is left that holds the gun? The law enforcers. Who else? Criminals. Yeah, yeah, the criminals with the illegal right? guns. You're right. So, so, <laughs> I didn't think about that. <laughs> so you you have you have criminals and police, mm -hmm. right? So who polices the police at that point? The criminals. No, it's yeah. just the police and the so, criminals. <laughs> so here, here I want to I want to ask you this question, and and these are these are. I'm baiting you a little bit in some of these questions, and I, I realize that. And you, you obviously know that I am a socially agnostic, middle of the road. I'm probably even you could even on the social side, you could probably call me semi-liberal, right? Because um, I I don't. I mean, I believe love is love, right? I, I mean, there's just a lot of things that I that I support that I think are important. I think most people are like that. Most people are fiscally conservative, balance their checkbook. Right, do things that are on the conservative side. Obviously, you don't want your you want your First Amendment right taken away. No, right to free speech. No, you sure? I mean, like I said, I don't want to take it away, but it seems like it already has been taken away. We're, because selective, right? So yeah. weapon is mm -hmm. we call it weaponization of of technology, guys. Right. So <laughs> bait you a little bit. Mm -hmm. To our south as a country, what country is it? South America. Sorry. Okay, so that's a continent. Amazing. Come on, Lamar. <laughs> I don't want to get it. Everyone, everyone goes. Early. Everyone goes south, and they go to this place called Cancun. And where is that? Mexico. All right, so Mexico. I'm gonna. This is trivia time, right? How many people were murdered in Mexico in 2019? A lot. I didn't keep count on that. How many in the U.S.? I mean, U.S. is 300 million. They have. Hey, Josh, pull up how many people are in in uh, Mexico, please. I think it's I think it's like sixty million or something, um, but there's three hundred million people in the U.S. Mm -hmm. right, or much bigger continent. Yeah. All right, so there's a hundred and twenty nine million, so a third of the population mm -hmm. of the U.S. Right. Mm -hmm. How easy is it to own a gun in Mexico? No, walk into somebody's door, give them money, they give you a gun. No, you can't own a gun. You can't legally. You can't legally own a gun. Legally, yeah, yeah legally. So you can't legally own a gun. So the people that are walking to somebody's door, because law-abiding citizens, you typically obey the law, mm -hmm. right? So law-abiding citizens typically go to the law. Who walks into that house and buys that gun? A uh, citizen. The no. law, not uh, yeah, illegal. The, 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 the uh, cartels. Exactly. So then you have the cartels, and then you have the police, right? Mm -hmm. So the polici policiani. <laughs> Policia? Policia. The policia own guns mm -hmm. and have guns, mm -hmm. and the cartels own guns mm -hmm. and have guns. 32,000 people lost their lives in 2019. They were murdered in mm -hmm. Mexico. So 32,000 people couldn't defend themselves. 32,000 people were subject to draconian laws that restrict their ability to own a gun, 
and the only people that could own guns are the criminals and the police. Right. Where's the balance of power? Yeah. And, and most of those murders did happen at the hand of the cartels. How do you feel about that? I mean, <laughs> cartel era is a whole different monster. Okay. Lamont, let me ask you a question. In the U.S., how many murders occurred in the U.S., murders, mm -hmm. in the U.S. that were at the hands of gangs? A lot. 71%. Yeah. 71% of the murders that happened in the United States happened at the hands of people who illegally shot those guns. Mm -hmm. 71%. Well, well, that's the key. And we had 15,000 murders in the U.S. With so, three times the amount of people, 15,000, which means over 10,000 of those people were killed because someone illegally shot them with a gun, which means out of 300 million people, right, we had just under 4,000 murders that happened mm -hmm. that were not related to um, uh, a gang member. Yeah. And Josh is piping in a little bit. You guys can't hear him, but he's telling us that there's not a statistic because I wouldn't keep a statistic either on anything that that helped um, bolster my ability and right to own a weapon. But right. <clears throat> so, so I bring that up because in the U.S., we're the land of opportunity, right? People mm -hmm. from South America, from all the countries in South and Central America are coming up to because they want, they want a, a, a opportunity at a new life or a, a better life. Mm -hmm. Well, if, if, you had, if you were one of 32, if you had the, the smaller country, right, condensed, you had a 32, one in 32,000 chance, or let's say one in 80,000 chance that you're going to get killed. That, that's, that's, you have a better chance of dying of gun violence in Mexico than you do of graduating high school. I think it's probably there. Probably a good correlation. Yeah. But what happens if... 70%, 80% of the murders that happen in the U.S. are done by people who illegally own those weapons, and you start restricting rights for you and I, how much bigger does that number get if you can't defend yourself? A lot bigger. And why is it then? I mean, and this, is, this, 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 is, this haunts me. Why is it in some of the most controlled, liberally controlled environments you know, Hollywood, mm -hmm. they make these movies about gangbangers. Why is it in the, those areas where they're, they are controlled by policies that want to strip you of your Second Amendment right, is there a higher number of minorities that are, A, going to jail, B, dying, and C, not having legal gun ownership? These are, I mean, these are real, this is a real issue. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> From what I take on it, growing up in you know certain areas, I won't say where. Um, I think intimidation and fear drives a lot of people on what they what they do, right? So you think propaganda has anything to do with it? It, 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 it damn well could be, but at the same time, um, you know, take for instance, like what I was saying before, they kept catching a felony. A lot of those people that are caught in a felony are not who you think they are, right? Mm -hmm. So you have um, young males, doesn't matter the color, race, minority, right, um, is intimidated by another one. Could be a gang member, and he's not in order to protect himself because he knows that other individual has a gun. He goes off and gets an illegal because he's not of age. And but, you know, it, it is a, it, this gets into a different, a different realm, right? It, and this it is does, but it also creates that ripple where – Growing up now, he's messed himself up for the rest of his life, and now he can't get it. And then this just creates drama throughout, you know. So time. fear, for fear of one leads to fear of another. Correct. Right? Yep. Fear. So, so that and and it's it's kind of a cycle. Mm -hmm. I mean, that cycle gets. If we look at the cycle of of this, the only way that we can solve this, in my opinion, is education. Education is a must. And I, so, you start young and 
So how do we, this is a loaded question. How do we walk into a minority community and say, Hey, look, let me, let me read you the constitution. Here's a copy of the constitution. I mean, we're going to give you a copy of the constitution and I want you to read this constitution. And by the way, when you read this constitution, I want you to understand that you fundamentally have a right to own a weapon and protect your family. Right. right? But at the same time, you, you know, instilling knowledge into them but just not forcing them to do make their own choice you know what i mean like you can have a gun but it's that's your choice but we're just letting you know that you need to protect yourself but but isn't the choice being taken away right now it is that choice so is it, headed down choice. that path so the, but isn't the choice being taken away for for by the lack of education mm-hmm. i mean it, and doesn't it seem like it's on purpose like it's happening on purpose like they, they there's a there's a method to their madness Right. Let's disarm the minority community. Well, look, if if I knew that there was a disadvantage or there was a and I think that again, I want to be very clear. I think ninety-nine percent of the police officers out there, right, mm-hmm. are great people. There is a contingent of police officers that are not great people. Right. Give or take a percentage, but, right? But there's a percentage of people in the same that black, white, green, yellow, purple, purple dinosaur with web feet, doesn't matter who you are, that are bad people. Correct. Right? And so if we if we start stereotyping, which we do on both sides, mm-hmm. you know, this person's racist, this person's racist, this person says something that I appear or I, I'm offended by because I think it's partially racist. Mm-hmm. The, the disproportionate number of times that somebody gets offended and brings something saying, oh, that was really racist or that was insensitive of you. How many times does that happen? So now you don't want to talk, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So now I'm taking away your rights. I'm suppressing your ability to, to voice your opinion on certain things, mm-hmm. right? And while I do all of that, I'm going to sneak in the back door with a bunch of bills that takes away your ability to own a gun. And if that doesn't work, I'm going to scare you into not owning one. Yeah. Yeah. You see it every day. All right. So I want to go through some stats real quick. And then, you know, the, the, the interesting thing about this conversation is that, is that we, we don't have this conversation. This doesn't happen. We don't talk about it this openly. We sat in a room with four other people, and how many times did they want to talk about it? <laughs> they don't. They it did. was uncomfortable. Yeah, for them, yeah. It was the, hey, he might perceive me to be a racist, and, ooh, I don't want to talk about this, and, you know, maybe we shouldn't. And, and that's that closet effect that I was talking about. You have to be comfortable to talk about it, and you, first you need to introduce yourself like, hey, I want to communicate, like you did. I want to communicate with you about something. Mm-hmm. It might be a little tense if you're not okay with it. You know, How, how much know. shock did we have, though? Yeah. We had a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and then you yeah. left, and they were like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, they were still tight about the situation, but it was still like, okay, well, he's cool with it. you know. But, but cool with what? There's so much angst and fear about having conversations about how we feel and how we see things, mm-hmm. right, that we can't understand people's perspectives. Right. Right. So I always like to say that come in the door fearlessly. Come in the be be you. I would much rather know that somebody is a racist and be able to deal with that. Right. Right. Than for somebody to say I'm not a racist. Uh, look at me. I'm not a racist. Right. How many of those we got out there? Yeah, there's a lot of them. Well, I can tell you statistically, if we just look at how people are hired in different companies, mm-hmm. that that it would be a lie to say that that many people aren't racist. But I also think that there's a lot of people in positions of authority that don't have the opportunity to hire people who are minorities. Mm-hmm. And I think that based on what we see today, not just on gun rights, but in other areas, minorities are disproportionately um, at a disadvantage for opportunity just because the education system is either lingers behind or doesn't satisfy the need of the companies that are hiring them. Correct. So it's almost on purpose. Mm-hmm. All right. So I want to I go through a couple of things. One, and, and these are active statistics. And Josh, what are these assets, it's statistics from? Okay. Right, right. So we, so the more, this comes from uh, gun, uh, guninfo.org, right? So the, the government does not keep statistics on this because if they did, um, it would actually um, discredit the narrative. And by the way, if you don't think that there's an underbelly narrative happening in our government that pushes us towards a direction based upon some sort of snake head you can't see, mm-hmm. you'd be foolish. Because I just, I just, I can correlate it and you can say, oh, it's conspiracy, conspiracy, conspiracy. A conspiracy is not a conspiracy if a conspiracy is actually happening. It's a, it, it's a, it's truth, right? Mm-hmm. So 
Uh, guns prevent an estimated 2.5 million crimes a year, 6,849 every single day. Most often, gun is never fired, and no blood, including the criminals, is shed. Every year, 400,000 life-threatening violent crimes are prevented using firearms. 60% of convicted felons admitted that they avoided committing crimes when they knew the victim was armed. 40% of convicted felons admitted that they avoided crimes when they thought the victim might be armed. I got to tell you something. If I got a one in two shot, one in two chance, 50% chance, and I'm a criminal, and they have a gun and I have a gun, so I got a 50% chance of dying, I'm not going into that battle, mm -hmm. right? Exactly. A felons report that they avoid entering houses where people are at home because they fear being shot. I would too. Exactly. Fewer than 1% of firearms are used in the commission of a crime. Fewer than 1% of firearms. So these are interesting statistics, but we, we got to look at another statistic, which is kind of an interesting statistic. What's that, Josh? You got something? That's yeah, correct. That is true. That we didn't even, are you live in here or are you just giving me this in my ear? All right. So jo you can't hear the ghost, but the ghost is actually talking to us. Mm -hmm. And Lamont, and, this is a, you just said that's true. That's very true. And what Josh said is most people who are going to commit a crime will commit a crime without a gun mm -hmm. because the charges that they'll catch as a result of it are less severe. That's correct. And in California, they may not charge you at all. That's correct. Ooh. Ooh. So if you have a gun and they don't have a gun and they enter your house, right? Mm -hmm. You want to make sure you can protect yourself because there's a lot of different ways that they can actually kill you other than shoot you. Exactly. Right? Especially if they're bigger than you. But again, the great equalizer is the weapon that you're allowed to carry. Mm -hmm. So I, I look at statistics because I think that they're a pretty good barometer for what happens here. But we have 300 million people in the United States, right? 300 million we hear about a handful of issues. Maybe, maybe there's more. Maybe there's, maybe there's 30 crimes, 50 crimes, 100 crimes, mm -hmm. right, per area, per year. So let's say that there's 300,000 crimes. Right. Like 300,000 violent crimes, right? Mm -hmm. So you have 300,000 violent crimes. You have in, in uh, 3 million people. What percentage is that? Probably like 10%. No. What did you say? 300,000, 300,000. Right? To three, 3 million. 300 million. Oh, that's 1%. No. That is 1%. No, it's not. 1% is 30 million. 1% of 1% would be 3 million. Oh, my math is bad. 1% of 1% Jesus. would be 300,000. So you, you, you can kind of get down to the, that there's a low probability of a violent crime being committed against you, right? Mm-hmm unless you're the person that's being committed against. Yeah. But if then you started separating out the 300 million people and you took out areas of the country that they're saying are a bunch of, um, I don't know, how, how do you want to say it, uh, racists, right? Mm -hmm. Right-leaning, all these bad names, right? Mm -hmm. Let's take those areas out. Do you know what the homicide rate is then, percentage-wise? If you take all the – say that one more time. You take out the populations – in let's say quote unquote middle America that they've tried to demonize I mean, the people that actually you know all the people that uh, uh, bring the food to your table right the farmers or the semi suburban areas right right if you take those out and you just go to the the cities like the 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 Chicago's of the world the San Diego the San mm -hmm. Francisco um, Washington D C New York. Do you know what the rate, what happens to those rate of violent crime, criminal actions happen? What, it, what the, it would go down. It goes up. If you said up. if you take them out? No, if you put, just take the middle of America. Take out the, the right-leaning areas, as they say, quote-unquote right-leaning, the conservative areas. Right, right? like the top five murder, murder states? Is that what you're doing? No, no, just take out all the areas, right, mm -hmm. that have a population density that is, you know, less than a million, mm -hmm. right? We can go less than a million. And you were just to look at the cities, right? Like the New York's, LA, just to look at those cities, just look at the areas that are heavily populated, mm -hmm. right? And you would look at the violent cr crime rate in those areas as opposed to taking out the rest of the America that, that, that is the, the lower population. Mm -hmm. Do you know what the crime rate would be, what the statistically the percentage increase would be for violent crimes to be committed against you 
in those areas. You so, are you so, are one thousand times more likely to be to to be a victim of one thousand like nine hundred and eighty one percent times more likely to have a violent crime committed against you in those areas than you are in any of the other areas that we've stripped away with lower population that are quote unquote right leaning. So you think more crimes would be in the suburbia area as opposed to the city area? No, more crimes in are committed the city, in the city. Than the suburbia. Right. Okay. At an alarming rate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we, we talk about gun-free zones and the number of crimes that are committed in those areas. You're, I don't know what the statistic is, but it's like 700 or 800% more likely to become a victim of a violent crime. Mm-hmm. So these are areas with highly restrictive gun laws, yet you're more likely to die or be injured in a violent crime in those areas. Right. What do most of those areas, if not all of those areas, have in common? Who controls them? State. What political party? Ooh, the liberals? I totally baited him. That was really an unfair deal. So, and the only reason I'm saying that is that, look, I'm not trying to recruit you. This isn't Joe. I haven't tried to recruit you to the Libertarian Party. Let's go. Come on, Lamont. Come on over, right? Right. You just said that education is key, right? Right. So if education is key, then I just wanted to educate you or at least give you an opportunity that after this podcast, you get to go do it because we're going to have another podcast. So we're, we're going to end this on that. And, um, you know, this. Yeah. This is true. So Josh is literally uh, chirping in our ear. Thanks, Josh. Appreciate that. But um, in his Chris Rock voice, um, that the NRA was the first organization. And, and again, I want you to fact check this, right? Mm-hmm. By the way, Lamont owns a gun, shoots well. He can't outshoot me, but he does shoot well. Um, he, although we haven't had a second time shooting, we should probably go do shoot it again. We should. Um, the NRA is the first organization that was, um, chartered to protect minority rights, right? The rights of minorities to own guns. So, and obviously they do protect the right to bear arms, but then the, the attack on the NRA has been, um, vicious, right? And they came out and said that they're trying to pick the NRA apart from the inside. And I, and I just want us to get back to as a um, society where we, we actually embrace um, real information, education. We become educated, right? The Second Amendment is a civil right. And it's not a civil right for um, whites. It's not a civil right for people of affluence. It's a civil right for every American, right? And I think that if every American understood that right and every American was armed, mm-hmm. We'd have a much more polite society. I think you'd see the murder rate probably drop dramatically. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I think that uh, education is key. Right. So, Lamont, I, I, I thank you. Thanks for coming out here and listening to me convince you to. <laughs> I'm not trying to convince you anything, but uh, yeah. thanks for coming out and giving us your perspective. I got you. Anytime. It's always good to speak on behalf of what we know and what we've experienced, right? And I think that a part of our opinion is all based on our experience. And in this case, um, your your experience is is valuable to me because it gives me a new perspective as well. Mm -hmm. So, again, this is uh, Joe Altman, and this is my co-host. Lamont Bryant. And uh, I want to thank you for listening to this uh, special uh, podcast um, that deals with a subject that most of us don't want to talk about. And frankly, if you don't like my opinion, I don't care. Um, because it's my show, and but uh, <laughs> if you do like my opinion or don't like my opinion, um, I'm always open to new perspectives. So uh, feel free to reach out to us, um, uh, and uh, I'm going to give you the address and the phone number for DCF now. And then if you like our podcast, you know, tune in, uh, share it with your friends, uh, subscribe so we can talk to you about other issues, and. So um, we're always interested in hearing other perspectives. Um, and uh, again, we, we don't think we always have all the right answers. Um, but uh, as it comes to subjects like this, we, we certainly want to be at the forefront of talking about those issues that I think are important to every um, American. So we're at 1155 Park Street down in Castle Rock, Colorado.
we're just outside Denver, just south of Denver. Um, we are the largest, um, uh, we have, we have the largest inventory of guns and ammo in the state of Colorado and we're growing from there. Uh, we have 11 lanes, uh, shooting lanes. Um, we've got some expansion happening in the future, but, um, some, some great opportunities. You can also visit us at, uh, dcfguns.com. And, um, obviously if you want to send us an email, you can send it to info at, uh, dcfguns.com. And um, we're, we're always happy to hear um, your opinion or if you have a different perspective or if you want to come on the podcast and talk about controversial issues that affect your ability or right to own a gun, uh, we'd like to hear that as well. Again, this is Joe Oltman and Lamont Bryan, and we're just we're, we're, we're happy to have you here and uh, you guys have a great week. Keep it frosty, my friends. This has been a presentation of DCF. For more information on DCF, head over to the website at dcfguns.com. That's dcfguns.com. Or call them at 720-515-2006. That's 720-515-2006.